Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, and this is Eclipse. This is Solstice, New Moon Eclipse, zero degrees, Cancer. And on the East Coast, that, are, that will be tomorrow, actually, on the 21st, early in the morning, 2 o'clock, and a little after. And today, here on the West Coast, where we are, it's almost going on midnight. And this will be with the Moonbeam team that we will introduce a little later. And really, what is the message? The message is we're between worlds. We are navigating terrain that every astrologer that you happen to listen to will tell a person, there are new territories. And for good reason, we are at zero degrees, which is at the cardinal activation direction going north as our planet spins through space. And we are also at the last degree of the nodes. And because of the the ecliptic path next to the nodes, which are the intersection between the moon and the orbit of, and and the ecliptic, there's where they all align because of the spacing in space, where the moon blocks, out the sun. Now, this won't be where we are. This is down in another territory of the globe. Happens to go across the lower part of Africa and then across Middle East and then into India and then over to China. And a widespread since the shadow does spread. However, we are global. And as we know in this world, we are a global experience, which really adds the depth and meaningness to this most illustrious moment in history. We're bookend, you might say, by the two lunar eclipses that are prenumbal. And that means that in many ways, you couldn't see a shadow. Many people don't see the shadow, but it's a very slight, like a tea bag uh, soaked. Rick Levine was mentioning this in one of his podcasts. At, who's an astrologer here in the Northwest and does a monthly um, podcast. So the point is, is that the, the focus of those two lunar eclipses is it takes very, very ancient, old energies and is purging them. Meaning here we are straddled right in between. And this eclipse is... Are you there, Sue? Um, well, no. this this is Elizabeth Lismachet, and I'm one of the Moonbeam team members. And it sounds like we've lost Sue for a moment, but we'll continue on. And the Moonbeam team also consists of Sarah Stromley. Ooh. Hi. Oh, you know what? If you're both there, how about if I think this is excellent? I love it. How about if we say 
and now we're ready for the Moonbeam team. <laughs> okay. Relating to the sun and moon's energies, including the planets and the entire cosmos for the month's systematic two-week intervals of the new moon and full moon, plus the annual four to five eclipses, this is your Moonbeam team. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, host of Talk Cosmos, an evolutionary astrologer and consultant, plus a certified color energy coach. I explore creative expression as an artist, a musician, and write abundantly, stories to poetry. I love investigating mythology's language, philosophizing eternity, and I'm a perpetual student of life, seeing oneness of body, spirit of people, animals, and nature. I'm Elizabeth Liz Machette, certified astrologer, sacred healing counselor, tarotist, and numerologist providing individual consultations, teaching and tutoring internationally, co-author of Gateways to Change, Keys to Navigating the Seas of Life, currently facilitating workshops in Marysville and Camino Island, Washington. And I'm Sarah Stromley, a craniosacral therapist and founder of Brain Body Therapy in Kirkland, Washington. I'm an evolutionary astrologer that incorporates different forms of horary, location mapping, and medical astrology into my practice. I enjoy uncovering flower and mineral frequencies that also support the mind-body coherence that aid in the healing journey. And as Albert Einstein said, energy, energy is never destroyed. Energy only changes. Well, I sure thank this wonderful Moonbeam team, and this that's a very excellent moment. I might lose connection. I'm not over in my regular habitat. I happen to be experiencing, you might say, a life experience with my own mother soon to pass. And so if that if if my connection here gets lost, they will carry through and you will hear a great uh, bunch of talk, which I think I'll listen more than I talk tonight at any rate, um, which really is like the changing of what so in other words, of my we'll start off like we usually try to just with one idea. And my idea was just that, we're between uh, beginning new foundations and we're in, in, with zero and 29. So there you go. Okay, Liz or somebody will lead on. Thank you. Okay, I'll go. Um, yeah, it's like breathe, keep breathing. Um, don't make any major decisions at this moment if you can at all help it. Um, because once this eclipse passes, I think we'll have a little bit more of an understanding, but this is a new beginning. It's at a new point. It's a birthing point. So exciting. Yeah. I, to second both of both Sue and Liz, I believe we're in the collective birth canal right now. There's something that's ready to come through. We're wading through the darkness and this June 21st eclipse as it unfolds. It's going to enfold its mystery and power over for at least six months. So it's a it's potent for seeding intention of what you want birthed into the world. Yep, that's true. I know. I was you know, waiting for you guys to keep on yakking. Okay. I really, we can't. I have to tell you because this is all new. I cannot rely on my internet connection over here. Okay. And everything is so new. So just keep roaring and we're going to, okay. I mean, it's a turning point. This is like 
unbelievable amount of intense, and I'm not even going to try to be socially correct or anything. This is an intense period of time because, yes, every year we get two sets at least of, of, of eclipses. But the fact is that we have two retrogrades going on right now. We have six actually all together because we have Mercury and Venus. And it's have a beautiful time to do these things because everything is in reset time and motion. How can you get to a new life? Because there's no going back. We're going forward and you have to reset the buttons. And there's Pluto that's working it out in long cycles with Jupiter and with uh, Saturn, there's long cycles of um, what, what else is going on? Oh, Eris also, which is the planet of discord. I mean, the combinations of com uh, connections are just incredible. So, yeah. Yeah, we've been looking at this for so many months. It's, it's, I can't believe we're actually here now. <laughs> well, we might get eclipsed. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, this one is a wild card. I mean, if you consider um, our nearest star is the king of our solar system, and it's in a rare alignment with what is our our Earth's queen, the moon, and she is out of bounds, as Sue mentioned to me prior. And yes. um, where our moon queen is out of bounds is actually in her own rulership domain in the sign of cancer at a zero cardinal access point. And in, in astrology terms, it's the big reset button. So anything that falls on that zero cardinal point, which is either zero Aries, Cancer, Libra, or Capricorn, it's a highly potent degree point that's highly protected and it awakens latent possibilities of planets and major as as, ma yeah, as major aspects transit those zero degree points. Eclipses in and of themselves create disruptions. So they disrupt the electromagnetic energy and the ra radiation that feeds our internal batteries and keep us charged. So, and the fact of on top of this is it's the solstice. So, which is a rare time that those two coincide and astrologers always look at the solstice chart at the beginning of the quarter because it's one of those markers of time itself. And it also has, sets the collective theme for the next quarter. True. Yes. And, and I'm, oh, oh, sorry, Liz. I was just going to say, which I got conked out with this reception I have here, but that the we are squaring, that means um, the galactic center. I mean, we're right, we're, this is an orb where our ecliptic is going at zero degrees it's right where the Milky Way and it's intersecting it. And it started, according to Gemini Brett, in 1975, and it'll continue to 2025. So it's really epic. Yes, and you're going to say, Liz. Well, yes, this is such a powerful time. It's the ring of fire solar eclipse, and um, it, it's solstice. So it's like on steroids, the solstice in this eclipse. <laughs> so I feel it. <laughs> well, and it's yeah. just restarting things. And finishing up things and our values are you know probably changing pretty rapidly it's like we might not even be thinking of you know where you live or how things are but I think people are going to make a lot of changes collectively to that you know will it be closer to family will it be 
in a smaller house or a bigger house, it's like there's all these changes and how do I, how are my values changing? What's important to me? I think that people are going to have huge shifts and changes in that. That and we, is, yes, go ahead. Well, there's so much going on in the world right now. I mean, it's a, a world thing. It's not just Seattle um, that things are happening. It's all over the world. So it's, you know, amazing. It's surprising. But it's like we have to just keep breathing and take it one moment at a time. Yeah, Eris, which is E-R-I-S, the goddess of discord. Aries, that's A-R-E-S, or Mars, she is his sister, and of course Mars is the god of war, or causes and defending, however you want to battle your, your purpose, but Eris is also a battler in her own more uh, hubris way, as I think Lynn Bell said, and what she wants is inclusiveness, and it's interesting with Pisces, with with. Um, Neptune and Pisces, I always think of unity and to get, you know, oneness. But there's another way of saying that, and that is uh, no exclusion. And because she is the goddess of, uh, you know, asking you be, to not have exclusion. And so just to pick up on what you're saying, Liz, that is so true because the world is... Oh, and the reason I brought that up is because Jupiter, not Jupiter, Pluto is squaring Eris three times this year. And next week, a little after on the 30th, will be the second square. So it's so close. We're really feeling it very intensely. Besides, I think also is Jupiter, I think, squaring. We should look at our chart. Saturn is squaring the NATO, well, the U.S., chart the saturn is squaring the sun and the mercury in the sky so we have a saturn mercury square going on in the sky right now oh no that's with the u.s chart so and it's you know these things are you know when we look at the u.s chart it's really triggering things and i wanted to say a square even though there's frictions there it's like adjustments need to be to happen and take place so that can be a really good thing to, to make yeah, changes. It, it, yes, but it is Pluto, come to think. Pluto is squaring. Uh, oh, no, it's conjunct. That's right, conjunct. Oh, it's conjunct. That's what I was reading about. So in some ways, opportunities, people are looking for new opportunities because Jupiter is still in that. I'm just thinking of all these outer planets that are combining, that have different ways of vo vocalizing their, their needs and all of that. That's in this. Well, and so, a few months ago, we didn't even know that uh, a lot of people could work from home. And now a lot of people are working for, from home. So how we do our daily tasks and work is making big changes. And that was a forced sudden change. And so that's one of the values of changing of how we do things. Yeah. And, and cancer is, is one of those houses that rule real estate. So big flux there um and, and as sue mentioned like any planet that could go retrograde is going retrograde with the exception of uranus who is the the rebel planet um and likes to stir the pot 
and is flirting nicely in a sextile to this moon. And I'm getting the visions of John Travolta in his leather jacket in the movie Grease as he's swooning Olivia Newton-John, who's the girl that always likes to play it safe. And at the end of the movie, they fly into the sky in their sexy convertible. And although you may think I digress here, it's this is kind of my lead-in for kind of a weird prediction that I think that we could come into a version of a flying car in the near future. Um, just, you know, with Uranus and Taurus bringing Earth and technology into the sky, our, our airline industry is kind of the lifeblood of our economy in, in many respects. And I, for many, are am leery about being herded with the masses into a flying can of recycled air. And so if things like air conditioning and instant photos and scotch tape were being created and released with these aspected eclipse degrees like they were in 1927, why, why can't we get our dream of making cars fly? Wouldn't it be grand? I think it is. It's around the corner. There are some that do. And innovation is a big part of all the energies, thankfully. And, and because, too, when you have tension, such as a square, 90 degrees, such as some of these planets, it wants, it needs a resolution. So we'll go for that. We're flying now. Okay. And community. It's huge on community. Yeah. Artistic. Yeah, there's a lot of asteroids that, I won't go into it because it was a, a study session that we were listening to and there's a subtle interest or energies there and they're working in that direction. I think, Liz, you've got something on the tip of your tongue. What is it? Well, I wanted to kind of continue with Sarah. I think that they do have some flying cars that they've worked on that just hasn't been let out to the public. But Elon Musk just launched his spacecraft up a few weeks ago and they're launching um, new satellites up into space constantly these days. So um, that's moving forward. Um, also Mars is not retrograde at this time, but will go retrograde in September. So um, that's another planet at this time that's not retrograde, but it will go in September. So it, it'll be in the sign of Aries. So yes, we are making progress to more air types of travel. And I think it is coming that there's some kind of vehicle that, you know, will be like a, a car that flies. And also this idea that Neptune and Mars are very close. They're both in Pisces. Of course, Mars is faster, but right now uh, it has passed it. It's at 25 degrees, whereas Neptune is 20. But there's been this energy of new starts and dreaming and the imagery, which really begins manifestation. So, yes, I think that's, that's a positive way because this particular SARS, S-A-R-O-S cycle, which is a 1,200-plus year cycle where these nodal points with the moon uh, go from the bottom from one pole to the top for the next pole and reverse and it's a long cycles and this one i think is what number 137 i believe yep and it's yeah and liz you were reading in 
wonderful um, the Eagle and the Lark by uh, Brady. Uh, Burn it up, Brady. Burn it. Yeah, the double B, wonderful woman from Scotland, uh, PhD astrologer of brilliance, uh, tells about. And you can also look on Blink. What is that? I wrote it down. Blink.org. Um, Moonblink, I think. Oh, is it moonblink.org? And they tell all about the eclipses. It's fantastic. Uh, yes. The point and is. In Bernadette's book, it says that this eclipse is on 4 North, and it talks about restrictions, restraint, separation, and illusions are the trademark of this eclipse family. Events can occur which seem to block the individual. In this blocking, the individual is very prone to misjudge his or her strengths or the situation, and it's best to advise to wait until the eclipse passes before taking action. Which pausing when things are moving so fast and so completely makes sense. I mean, we are in a reset time. That's been, I know, uh, I keep getting that information too. But the point is, is I love the fact that you both, and Sarah, you brought up this innovation and the positive form because you know when things are being deconstructed and destroyed and there is death pluto can be not just an ending of a cycle but the actual physicality and we know that in many ways our lifestyle globally has shifted we don't know where we're going but we know we're not going back we know that there's problems with the with all kinds of factors whether it's the environment, whether it's economics and et cetera. And it's not a matter of calling the bloom, the doom days. It's just a matter of saying, look, this is reality. So from that standpoint, I mean, to have the innovation and to have, you know, there's still, okay, what I was saying is, and then I'll finish is that when there's deconstruction and this chaos and, and, and decay and rebirth, there's many opportunities, which is a fantastic part, but it is quite challenging. And I think just giving feedback to the people that in their own lives, that elements are coming up, which I think the three of us experience, but I'm sure everybody else is too. And so when you read the sorrows, um, the challenge you know, through difficulty, it's, it's real. You know, these are yeah. meant to be uh somehow just re the, a new foundation yes and we're at the u.s is approaching a neptune opposition yeah. um and that will happen um in the spring of next year the exact hit but it's within two degrees right now so there's that and a neptune in the United States chart is in the ninth house and the opposition is in the third house. So um, with that opposition, we could be even looking at, you know, what do we want in our reality? Because right now things could be a little cloudy and we just don't have all the information. Yeah, I think at the when when we look at the chart of the United States, we're looking basically at the time the Constitution was drafted and that's the starting point and the birth of the united states and we're also at that pluto return point so it's 
there's a lot of considerations that weren't really placed there. Slavery was legal at that time. Women had no rights, no no property rights, and um, ability to even hold their own income if they were married. Um, and yeah, there's just a lot of things that we're bringing into that are coming into our awareness of how whitewashed our history books and education have been. And I think this whole Mars and Neptune conjunct in this eclipse in Pisces, I, I get the, the strong words, fierce compassion is something that's really needing declared. <laughs> Yeah, we um, need, oh, I like that. We need, from what I was listening to Lynn Bell, who's an astrologer in France, and Lawrence Hillman, who's a PhD, and the son of, uh, um, uh, of James Hillman, who wrote a great book, The Soul's Code, so well known in certain areas. But he, they were saying we need a new story. We need a, a new consciousness of leadership that our role models don't show the multifaceted diversity that our, like our nodes are presenting. We're now in the Gemini Sag nodes, and that's lunar nodes, and that started on May 6th, I think, and it's going to go on for a year and a half. And just to make a quick comment, the Sibley chart was at 510 p.m. on July 4th, 1776. So for people, that's what we're looking at. And it has a 12-degree Sag ascendant, 21 minutes, meaning that, uh, yeah, so we're looking at that by wheel also with this particular uh, solar eclipse. No, that's excellent. It's so true. We... Um, where our democracy is going and how there was another art I listened to. It was a commission and it's reshaping democracy. They spent two years and they said that how we vote needs to change, that we need a holiday where it's required you know, a jury duty to vote. That was just one idea that they had. Yes, because I lived in Puerto Rico and on voting day, most anything that's a very big store closes and they don't sell alcohol and so you know a great deal of the people vote there it's like a huge number and percentage wise so yes that would be if we took it as like yes this is our responsibility but i know living out here on the west coast it's like a lot of times before we did the mail-in voting here because we've done it for many years and we'd go to the polls well they'd already say who won an election so people say why go to the poll exactly this has been a huge i i love that list thank you and, and mm -hmm. sarah because i think it needs to have absolutely no media everybody just go and vote then find out truly get the idea but this whole idea of the pluto return which isn't exact so we're in a 258 year orb I mean, a cycle. So we're in an orb situation within a few degrees. It was 27 degrees, and now it's three degrees away. Pluto's at 24, and it moves very slowly. You know, it takes 258 years to go around. 
but it means that these are incremental steps that are harsh because the butterfly doesn't get born overnight. Well, that caterpillar has a lot of <laughs> shifting. So, Absolutely. you know what I just noticed? We need to take a little brief uh, cutaway and we'll be right back. And this is a solar eclipse with the Moonbeam team. Thank you. take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. Currently, we are in the period of cancer. By leaving a cycle based on connecting mental communication to the external, the energy of cancer involves emotions, which create our personal story through our emotional associations and attachments. As a cardinal water sign that is nurturing, cancer needs to process emotions in one's own internal rhythm of cycles in order to complete an evolution. Hi, this is Liz Machette, astrologer, tarot, Reiki master teacher, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk 1150 AM, where we discuss the meaningfulness of our roots in the stars. Wherever you go, Alternative Talk 1150 is here for you. Hey, that was a lot of fun. That was just great. <laughs> yes, this is with... Um, the 20th of June, and we will continue this eclipse that it's threading together because it really has to do with the Gemini Norris node. It's two sides that need to be recognized. My side of, I mean, it's duality. There's my thoughts and the other person's thoughts, and both can be held together. It can appear to be divided, you know, it, but there's many solutions. That is the positive part. So we'll throw that in because there's so much that needs to be worked out. You know, we going back, we need that new story of consciousness where there's no exclusiveness and re, really uh, premise of, of, of how we see the energies that we used to call what well, we can call lunar solar or masculine feminine, you know what I mean? Or racial and, oh my goodness, someone keep, <laughs> lead me out of this. There's just, um, thank you for listening. It's, it's so, Sue, you were mentioning, very, you were mentioning, um, you know, the inception point of this eclipse that occurred in, 13, I'm trying to find the year, 1389. Yeah, you know, there's always typically historical things that make the history books more frequently. And I believe you were mentioning the, the rise of the Ottoman Empire really took foothold at that time. And to me, it's interesting that, you know, there's other events at that eclipse point um that aspect of that it, back um in 1908 when there was a new parliament that was established in the ottoman empire by an enver pasha that um, was clearly marked by um in history by his mass genocide that occurred of 
1.8 million Armenians. And there's just um, some other things like the bizarre death of or assassination of Rasputin that occurred in 1916. He was the Russian monk and mystic and confidant to the Russian czar Nicholas II and his wife. And um, Catherine, I think. Yeah. And he healed the the child, you know, their their son Alexander, I can continuously. And so that was like one of these really profound events that kind of lodged in our consciousness and kind of has kept us intrigued. And then interestingly, on the flip side of that, there was a lunar eclipse back in 10 years later, where the there was the mass massacre of the Romanov family that occurred um, at that time, at this eclipse degree. The Ottoman I'm glad, Sarah, you brought that up. We talked about that some time back because we're going to have a workshop, which, um, which for those folks that may have been looking forward to that, it will happen later. We'll we'll come up with a workshop, but the timing needed to shift um, for personal reasons this time. But we did discuss that, and the Ottoman. Empire, I believe, was one of the largest empires in that area over many, many, a vast period of time. Although I think the essential was more limited, was in 200 or something. So I don't remember all the details, but it is very true. It, it sheds an idea of you're saying that the seed energy, because here we have now politically, well, we must realize, and we were talking about the USA, if, I, if I'm catching what you're saying, because uh, we're needing to revise our system of, of ethics and inclusiveness and uh, racial um, so that all have, we have everybody on board. Everybody has a right. And what you're saying is, is that there, there we're doing the same energetic struggle with large um, empires. Is this right? Where it's like a one person leader rather than, than uh, multifaceted. Is that kind absolutely. Of yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's interesting. We have a lunar eclipse on the United States birthday on July 4th here on the West coast. Um, and on the East Coast, it's July 5th, but it's really close to the birthday of the United States. So I think that that will be pretty powerful for the U.S. too. It is. You're right. You know, at this, in fact, right now, Saturn is in Aquarius. So that promotes what both of you have been bringing up about many people um, elevating you know, also trauma, but through that, trying to elevate things. But at that time, I believe it returns on the fourth to Capricorn. So we're going to yes. have that reset button. So, yes, uh, Saturn will be in Capricorn on the Sibley's birthday, the United States birthday, the Sibley chart. So this is yeah. super interesting and, and it's like amazing. And yes, we're going through lots of changes. It's restart. 
um, you know, the eclipse is on the cardinal point of zero degrees cancer. And so numerology wise, we would use the number one and that's all about new beginnings. Um, and lots of times we don't have all the information. We, you know, can have an idea and, and move forward with that and see where it goes. Because we, as it matures, we make adjustments to that to continue on. Yes, that's right. And Liz, thank you, because on every moonbeam, we do come up with the uh, degrees. And in fact, this one seems to have so many degrees, but it is zero degrees. It's actually one degree uh, cancer for those folks out there, because we, it gets in numerology, gets rounded off, right? To the yes. next number. Yes. And that's leadership. It is. So really, this does seem like it represents the sun, which is also about leadership. Yes. Yeah. And a new story, kind of like what uh, Lawrence Hillman was talking about. It always amazes me when you bring up the numerology, how it really relates exactly to the astrological archetype that we're, you know, focused on. That's um yeah, and this year and at this time, and we're, we're getting multiple hits of this, um, there's some work that's done by a French astrologer, James Mark Gilman, that, that has studied um, synodics, what's called synodic cycles, where there's basically the coming together of these heavy hitting, slow aspects of Saturn when it meets up with with Pluto and Saturn when it meets, you know, and Pluto when it meets up with Jupiter and Saturn when it meets up with Uranus and all of these kind of trigger these new eras of, you know, just long, slow moving eras that can take 200 years or less um, when they kind of kick off a particular event of how how we trade how we experience civilization structures and it's more potent i think because you know it's in this earth sign of capricorn that when this has been happening since january and so i think we're at the beginning of that synodic cycle there is as liz mentioned kind of this kind of dark period where um we're kind of groping and and can't really go back but we don't really know what's ahead yet there's this it's it's potent so we can we can kind of make what we want of it and uh especially if we're focused on how we're how, where we're at internally and and how we're educating ourselves and how we're setting things up for ourselves and so many of those synodic well, cycles yes. are restarting might... in 2020. So that's amazing. And Jupiter will be conjunct Pluto in December at zero degrees Aquarius or yeah, Aquarius. Yes. So it's like another zero yeah. degree point. So, yeah. And it's every 20 years, just to mention to our pub, you know, for those non-astrologers. Oh, they I make must... a, they make aspects. Yeah. Those, yeah. Those... But, and, and we'll keep talking about these, but just to, clarify if I might because I think what Liz was talking about was the Saurus at 137 that number of the solar 
uh, eclipse that we are presently experiencing or will tonight in about uh, at quarter to midnight here on the West Coast, because the z it wasn't the zero degrees, wasn't it more the sorrows? But nevertheless, it is that dark, mm -hmm. it was that difficult, challenging energy that happens to be part of this, that sorrows, um, you know, that well, and if you, yeah, and if, and if you listen to but the news. Still, Oh yeah, but but it, but it still resonates absolutely. Like I had, you know, mentioned before, with these totally amazing connect uh, uh, synods, synodic cycles, you know. And Mars can be too. I don't know if it has to be the outer planets. Like, but maybe because Mars and Saturn had their synodic two-year, uh, and Mars will be such a heavy player this year. But that was March thirty-first. I forget. I don't think we did that talk. I think that was with Laura Tad. But yeah, and was it Liz or Sar? Now I'm getting confused who mentioned it. But Aries, Mars will be in Aries as of the 27th, I think, of this month, which is only another week for six months. Yes, <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> well, and, and that's why these synodic cycles are so many of them happening this year, because we usually have a, few, a couple, but there's just been so many this year that, you know, you know, reinforcing that we can start things new we can start over we can change things we can make it better we you know and it must mean that it, unilaterally you would think the wide population of individuals one of these cycles at least is going to totally affect their chart because it is numerical you know whether it's in a can whatever aspect and we could go into astrology about all of that and another, you know it's the education of it but the fact is you, are you you know right you're both following me right what i'm saying is that there's just uh, with so many aspects between jupiter for instance conjunct pluto three times this year uh uh Pluto square Eris three times this year, um, Mars and Venus square three times this year, and then as you just said, the every twenty year cycle of Jupiter and Saturn, and then back in January, which I think we were mentioned, one of you mentioned about the conjunction between Saturn and Pluto in Capricorn, which is a thirty eight year cycle. So yeah, that, yes, yeah, that varies. Yeah, it varies, but that was 38 years, this, that one. So, yeah, so some of them are pretty long periods, and so that's amazing. And then it, it takes many years for them to even come back in, in that cycle to be in the same sign. So then that's another one because we hadn't had it in Capricorn, the Pluto-Saturn conjunction for, I want to say it was about 500 years. <gasps> wow, I think, you're, I think you're very likely right. And you know, it just came to mind. We say en new beginnings, but of course that means we're ending something. So something in our life, and particularly when we're looking at planets like uh, Pluto, it's something that had to end, perhaps not in an easy way. You know, it could be a death. Or it could be just uh, a loss of a job. Some sense of empowerment that changes your structure of power because the old way is not feeding you anymore. And it's the necessary uh, life support wants new, uh, uh, new energy. 
so you have to let go and we and that's not easy and come to think of it we're in cancer right now cancer doesn't like to let go it's uh, attachment emotions yes it does have an attachment to you know what we feel comfortable with and in the united states chart this eclipse is really close to the natal venus and the natal jupiter so people you know may have a hard time letting go of how they've had things but i believe that through some changes people will make changes yes some of them will be very difficult but a lot of people i believe will be in the end it'll be oh i wouldn't have done that if this if i wasn't forced to do this but it can be very challenging to get there because as we know a lot of people are having uh, i know yeah. difficult things going on in their life so yeah and sarah i know you've got thoughts here <laughs> it's just no way yeah, I um, I one one yeah. thing that was kind of a standout for me, uh, there was an event, um, you know, because the eclipse path is going heavy over mid Africa through the Middle East and through over India and Central Asia, and or southern, yes, yeah, southern to Central Asia, and there was a movie release of called Login. I think once upon a time in India, and it was an internationally acclaimed movie that helped break out India into the movie industry. And this happened in um, June twenty first, two thousand one, at this eclipse degree. And and it the movie storyline itself was about how this region was oppressed by government taxation and and was challenged with a match of cricket to win its financial freedom. And oh. um, it's, you know, it was just kind of a, um, and it, it, that's such a huge sport uh, throughout that, the two countries of India and Pakistan. And, um, but, you know, there, there could be just kind of themes that we revisit, or there could be a repopulation, popularity or revisiting of that kind of theme of how to switch up how oppressive things can be in a fun way <laughs> and um also there was a big doping scandal perfect that, yes. and, yeah that happened in you know the tour de france it finally stripped lance armstrong of his of his win um and so there was kind of this um it, you know it was just one thing that was really pervasive in our awareness of how um cheating <laughs> cheating others and and cheating to win um and that sort of thing Ethic, that made ethical the, yeah, yeah ethical use of yes power so sarah do you have a, a well, flower essence this month it was did you, but were you going to say something, Sue? Or were you going to add? Oh, well, we don't have too much minutes, and I'd love to hear that. But I will say that, yes, transforming the use of power. And I was just, Bear River, we listened to at Norwalk, and I listened. And he was saying, uh, inclusion is the conclusion, and it's belonging to collective liberation. So that's exactly what you're saying. Because as he was pointing out, 
creating the perfect social institutions. Isn't that going to be the best dream? So yeah. thank you uh, both. And yes, I'm all ears. We have, well, we have quite a, yes, let's hear a little remedy for yeah. our souls. <laughs> so like um, for plant medicine, you know, as I was scanning my vast inventory, the flower essence that was pulling for this time is California poppy. And Interestingly, I was at a stoplight the other day and I noticed this homeless man that had picked a California poppy blossom that had been, it grows profusely um, on the east side roadsides right now. And he was repeatedly smelling it and was fascinated by its simple four petal, light orange, yellow, radiant beauty. And its vibration was visibly lighting his his spirit. And why I believe this particular poppy elixir is collectively supporting us now is its ability to aid us in strengthening the internal alignment of values and choices. And when we're suffering, it's easy to be glamored by fleeting experiences that take us outside of ourselves and that can stun and disempower us. <clears throat> so where California poppy serves is how it awakens the human heart and it supports the true treasure of our inner spiritual development. So that oh, sounds great. My goodness. It does. And orange is one of my favorite colors, actually. And I was just looking at a note here that was reminding me what you're saying answers this whole idea that, you know, because it is in cancer, just to remind my own self here, this eclipse is zero degrees cancer and cancer re references the people, you know, how do we, uh, and the needs, our needs. I think I'm answering what you're saying here. And, and how do we care for our needs collectively? Yes. And socially and, Go ahead. I mean, oh, please. Yeah. We're not seeing was, each, yeah. each other, folks. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but when I, I study the energy of this eclipse, I'm really hearing the reverberating voice of fierce compassion and find your sovereignty and create your safe haven. So, so I'm now, yeah. So I'm I'm asking you just to maybe put your hand on your heart and the other hand on your belly if you can, <laughs> and repeat after me. I am fierce compassion. I am, Liz. You want I to am me? Fierce, compassion. fierce compassion. I am finding my sovereignty. Oh, I am, am finding um, my sovereignty. Finding my sovereignty. I am creating my safe haven. Oh. <gasps> I am creating, creating my own safe haven. safe haven. Yeah. And really absorb that. As as you be this, you you can support this for yourself and your loved ones. And the world needs you to be resourceful and well connected. And we're now so sensitive and challenged with the spiritual desire of this unity of Mars and Neptune to overcome the seemingly impenetrable powers of Pluto and Saturn with Jupiter exploiting this old order of which is overdue to crumble and fall away. So embrace 
there's compassion, find sovereignty, and create safe haven. So oh, beautifully said. <laughs> Absolutely. I needed it like salve on my heart. I love it. Because again and again, that gives reason to realize that by us being the new form of our own leadership, by what really empowers our heart, choosing, as Philip Sedgwick said in his little, I like to repeat what people have said, give them credit here, is what do you really, really want? And can you accept what you really, really want? Because if that's the case, and that's part of manifestation, when it comes, you can grab it and go and just do, you know, without like, oh, maybe I should, or maybe I shouldn't. No, you've taken it and accepted it. Because when I think about it, if we need a new paradigm, a new story of leadership, that means that I mean, people have also said, this is the time to be yourself. Well, it's because we need new leadership. And how can we know unless we just become it? And uh, and I love to see it right here in this team. This is the Moonbeam team, folks. And this is with Liz Mouchette and Sarah Stromley. And they're both in the Northwest here and on Cosmos. You can find them. It's Liz Elizabeth Mouchette. Dot com and it's also Sarah Stromley has brain help me brain body therapy brain <laughs> body therapy yes mm -hmm. and they have multitude of talents we all three give consultations but if you check us out there but I just wanted to reference who is talking but the point is that it's wonderful to have this sense of leadership within this team where they come up and talk and we are talking through cyberspace like everybody else and we can't see each other so we're uh we're we're trying the new zero right of 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 uh, sensory experience anyway i'm babbling how long do we have we have a few minutes my goodness i think diversity you know when we go back to the numerical Liz, you know, it's 29 degrees north node Gemini and Sag, south node, and zero degrees Cancer. And of course, you were even adding up, I think Sarah was in an earlier talk, 6 20, uh, 2020, into it was 12, I believe was the number, or else we could even talk about 29 that goes to 11. But Right there, that's a lot of po amazing energy that we're dealing with, too. Well, and that 29 adds up to 11, so that's a powerful, 11's a very powerful number. Yes, it can reduce down to two, but it's asking us to step up and be more responsible and be stewards, um, you know, be teachers, be leaders. So again, it just keeps reinforcing the same theme over and over. And then... Um, for the July 4th full moon, that will be at 13 degrees. So we would use the number 14 and that reduces down to a five. So we can expect change because five's about a lot of change. Ah, yes. So now the set, the formation is set and we get to change what we're going to build on. I think we have come to our conclusion just about. I haven't quite heard the music. We have a couple of seconds. But I just want to thank you so very much. And also dealing with me through this yeah. kind of yeah. um, chaotic, that's the word, 
uh, moment. But change is that. And having great network of like-minded folks like yourself and everybody listening really makes all the difference. Connecting our hearts. So much love. And we'll be back for the Leo full moon. Yay! Yay! And send, yeah, sending you some healing and love to you, Sue, and your mom uh, at this difficult time. So yeah, puppy. Uh, no, California puppy. All right. Till <laughs> <laughs> again. Yay! Bye. Bye. For listening to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. to continue finding your roots in the stars.